1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is The Busted. Open. Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Bite Nation, channel 156. Welcome to
2: the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I discuss the monster match made for SummerSlam on SmackDown. Remember a pro wrestling legend who passed away four years ago Today and speak with one of the EVPs from all Elite wrestling. Charlotte Flair is back in the spotlight on WWE TV as WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus answered her challenge for SummerSlam. Foley and I discussed the pros and cons of the future versus legend matchup. 4 years ago today we lost WWE Hall of Famer and one of the greatest of all time, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Foley and I remember one of the most influential stars in the history of the business plus executive vice president of all elite wrestling cody rhodes joins us to discuss all out this august and their debut on tnt this october all that right now on the busted open podcast i think the big news and courtesy of wwe.com is what happened with trish and charlotte
1: So, I, as i was saying there are a lot of wwe superstars who are parents sounds like an excuse to me, because at SummerSlam, in front of your perfect, precious children, the Queen challenges
0: you. I respect you, Charlotte Flair, but right now, you're just being a. <laughs> and let me remind you, there would be no trail for you to blaze if it wasn't for me. And second of all, you. More than anyone should know that to be the woman, you need to beat the woman. You want your match at SummerSlam?
3: You've got your match at SummerSlam.
2: Oh, and as predicted by our Hall of Famer Bully Ray last week, Charlotte Flair and Trish
3: Stratus at SummerSlam in Toronto. Are you excited for the match? I am. Okay. How did you think they did last night, promo-wise?
2: I, I thought they
3: were both
2: good, not
3: great, in my opinion. I'd say Charlotte was good. I'd say Trish was fair.
2: Okay. Um, I thought Trish ended well. I thought that exchange that Gabby just played uh, was probably the better of her promo. She came across like somebody that was just visiting. Like somebody that was just making some comments and... Didn't really get you juiced up. Didn't, honestly, I was a little surprised, but he didn't get a great crowd reaction last night either. Um, Memphis, I thought Ten-
3: Memphis, Tennessee. I get it, Trish but Trish Stratus, kind of a little bit of a disconnect. A but, little bit, but it is Trish Stratus. I mean, yep, she's. You know, I, I understand. I understand. But certain crowds react certain ways for certain people, and you know she got a respectful uh a, a respectful applause when when she you know came in not a monster pop or anything like that but i do agree with you she ended strong
2: um it just felt like it's rushed like it felt like maybe this you know king's court obviously they had it cuz of where they were but it seemed like maybe that Trish should have made this visit a few weeks ago and then you, that's where you plant the seed, and then it builds, and then you get the big announcement where Trish is like, I'm retired. I'm, uh, my wrestling career is behind me. I'm a mom. I'm a family woman. This is, I, I'm no longer a wrestler. And then you build up to a point where, you know what, she says, all right, I'm coming back for one more match. It just seemed like you got all of something that could have been spread out over a few weeks in a 5 minutes segment in the middle of a SmackDown.
3: Um, The last pay-per-view we got was Extreme Rules, correct? Yes. A week or two after Extreme Rules, I would have loved to have seen the WWE announce that Trish Stratus was going to be a special guest commentator at SummerSlam for uh, one of the women's matches. And now you know that you're going into SummerSlam and you're going to get Trish Stratus at commentary, legendary Hall of Famer on commentary, lending to the credibility of the Women's Championship. So let's say that that's exactly what they would have said. Trish doing special commentary on the women's championship. And now you decide to have an in-ring with Trish... as they did last night and jerry's talking about her hall of fame career and why she wanted to come back and do commentary for the women's championship and she talks about the credibility of the women's championship and she talks about how she's proud that women like her and lita could help pave the way for the women's championship now you have charlotte interrupt now you interweave into the storyline That's how I would have presented it. It would have been a soft play, and then it would have built up because she would have been able to announce Trish early. She's going to be there. And now, whoa, out of nowhere, she goes from doing commentary on a match to Charlotte Flair calling her out, and and she accepts. Now I'm super stoked for this.
2: Yeah, Bully, it just seemed like that should have been a bigger moment. And, like, the way you played it out, like, you know, like we always say, if you add the pencil – I think that would have worked out really, really well. That should have been a moment where when she made the announcement that she accepted that match, the whole arena should have stood up and been on their feet. It almost felt like polite applause. Like, that that that's a big – that's a major moment. That's a marquee matchup at the second biggest pay-per-view of the year.
3: Man, I – like, yeah, I don't – don't get too discouraged because with the lack of enthusiasm that you got last night from that crowd, you're going to see a hundred times more of enthusiasm from the Toronto crowd. And and you're right, but again, this is this could have played out on TV.
2: You always say perception is reality. You make it feel like a big deal, it's going to be a big deal. Yes, where it's taking place in Toronto, it's going to be major. And it's going to get a a great crowd reaction. But you also want to sell pay-per-views and you want to get subscriptions for the WWE Network. Not everybody who's watching the WWE right now were at the age that they were able to see Trish. You know, when she was at the highest of highs, you got to build that up much better. And like, I don't mean to sound like a, like a, a, like a lunatic fan, which I am, but man, don't they think these things out, bully? Like if you, if you got Trish coming back for a match that if I'm somebody in creative, I'm salivating at the story
3: you could build here. When wrestling is booked correctly, it's booked backwards. Meaning you know what your end result is going to be. And then you figure out ways to get there. I agree last night just felt forced when you brought it up to me last week that they have nobody for Charlotte what are they going to do with Charlotte immediately I just kind of you know figured out Toronto and they need an attraction match <clears throat> they didn't ha- they don't have any other attraction matches on the show everything is pretty much straight up yep so that really stuck out to me um I would have loved to have seen it play out on TV a little bit better. I just gave you a scenario off the top of my head where she could have went from being uh, announced to do commentary to then called out and put on the spot by Charlotte. And Trish, being a fighting champion in a Hall of Famer, steps up and accepts the challenge. Here's my uh, quandary, I guess, so to speak. Which is the bigger match? Becky Lynch versus um wait i'm sorry hold on i I just lost train of thought it's bailey versus ember bailey versus ember Ember becky versus natalia natalia or charlotte versus trish
2: for for
3: me it's becky and natalia what's the bigger perception match charlotte and trish do you think so because this is what I've been toying with. Which is the bigger perception match? To the WWE, which is the bigger match? Becky and Natty? Charlotte and Trish. Charlotte and Trish. And that's not good. Well, I, I mean,
2: where, where does this end up? Like, like, Charlotte doesn't
3: need to be put on a higher pedestal. I just think it's an attraction match for Charlotte. They didn't have anything for her in the immediate uh, time being. It's because of the location. It's just one of those things that happens in the WWE. And it's one of those things that happen that shows you sometimes that the, the, the veterans, the legends, and the icons seem more important to the WWE creative and to the fans Look at what happened with the ratings. I know we're going to get into that.
2: Yeah, we're going to get into that later because uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about when it comes to the ratings as opposed to what we saw last week to what we saw this week for sure.
3: Well, I mean, what would you say if um, Becky and Natty went on before Trish and Charlotte?
2: I'd be bothered by it. Okay. I would be bothered by it because, because here's why. Natalya is somebody who's been trying to capture this championship. She has a chance to capture it in Toronto, in Canada. You know, so much has happened with Natalya. You know, I've, even over the last year with Bret Hart, with the Hall of Fame, and with her father. I mean, so much. It's a great story. And then with Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is one of the, the most popular wrestlers in the WWE. That should be a marquee matchup, especially. Where Becky Lynch was at WrestleMania, which was just a few months ago, being in the main event at WrestleMania 35. You know, Charlotte against Trish, it's an attraction match. It's great. It's a standalone match. There's nothing that's going to happen after this match that's going to continue this story. So, for me, all emphasis should be on Becky and Natalia. in my is opinion. A, is there any chance we see Ronda? I, 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 there's always the slight possibility But if I were to guess, I would probably say no.
1: Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app.
2: It was four years ago today that we lost one of the greatest of all time, and that's Rowdy Roddy Piper. I can't believe it's been four years already. You talk about one of the greatest heels. I mean, that's Roddy Piper. What he did for the business, you know, he transitioned into acting and then came back. And you know, we all talk about WrestleMania moments. His entrance at WrestleMania three when he faced Adrian Adonis, when he walked down that long, long entrance ramp at the Silverdome. So many iconic, huh, so many iconic matches. So many iconic Piper's Pit. The, you know, the coconut to the head, the Jimmy Snuka. I mean, one of the greats
3: of all time, Rowdy Roddy Piper, bully. Piper Adonis gets lost in the shovel shuffle of Steamboat Savage and Hogan and Andre in WrestleMania 3. It is a phenomenal match. Not, be, not for the wrestling. It's because the characters and the stories were so deep and Adonis losing his hair. If you go back and watch that match, people are so behind Roddy and they hate Adonis so much. And it's not, that match is not talked about a lot because when you talk WrestleMania three, obviously Hogan, Andre, Steamboat, Savage. So do yourself a favor, go to the network and check out Roddy Piper and Adrian Adonis. And on a personal note, rest in peace, Roddy, gave one of my favorite interviews of all time. Uh, When Roddy asked me to do his podcast in L.A. with him, I was there for a half an hour doing the podcast with him before he realized who I was. He had no idea that he was talking to me. He thought he was talking to somebody completely different. Is that true? Totally true. Totally true. Because this is when I was building up to put Dixie Carter through a table, and he's like, "Do you really think you can get away with putting a woman through a table?" And I'm like, uh "You remember the May Young thing, Roddy?" He's like, "That was you." <laughs> I'm like, "I knew it. You didn't remember it because he didn't know Bubba Ray, Bully Ray." Yeah, that was
2: confusing. That's okay.
3: Whatever. But at you least know, he didn't think I was Devon. And I'm, and I'm.
2: I'm very glad, and I mentioned it because it's so overlooked. WrestleMania 3, bully, is, you know, top two, three greatest WrestleManias of all time. And the match that is overlooked is Piper and Adrian Adonis. If you remember, that was Piper's, you know, quote-unquote retirement match. It wasn't an angle. It wasn't like a stipulation. That was going to be his last match. If you remember at that time, he was starting to do movies. And that was where he was stepping away from the business. And then he obviously came back. And he had that entrance. And everybody remembers the Hogan entrance. Man, Piper's entrance, the place went berserk.
3: He, he used the bagpipes,
2: right? He just he just kind of like
3: walked out there. No, that that was that was the first WrestleMania you're thinking Because of. the bagpipe entrance gives me goosebumps. I get goosebumps just thinking about the bagpipe entrance. He just walked out of WrestleMania three. Yeah, he did. He if you remember, they had that that like
2: ring cart. Yeah. That took every, all the wrestlers to the ring because it was such a long distance. The Andre bus. Yes. Piper walked it. And I know Hogan did that later, but Ho- but Piper did that in the middle of the show and it was to me it was even more goosebumps because it was still daylight out so you saw that 93,000 fans like on their feet screaming for him. It's a it's a it's a great image and like you said that match is fantastic. And who could forget The Piper's Pit with Jimmy Snuka, one of the most iconic segments in the
3: history of pro wrestling. I'll never forget as a kid sitting in front of my TV set Saturday morning, 10 o'clock on WOR Channel 9 and seeing that unfold right in front of my face. And I was I was shocked. You know, uh, when I get asked who my favorite wrestler was as a kid, I always talk about the tag teams that I gravitated to. But I honestly think if there was one wrestler that I truly was mesmerized by, it was Jimmy Snuka. And it was for moments like that. Snuka definitely, for my childhood, was was a, an incredible heel and a, and a massive baby face. And who made him that baby face? Roddy Piper. Yep. And I will say this about Piper, too, because we talked about Jimmy
2: Snuka you know, we, we complain now about feuds getting cut short and pulling the plug on a feud to go to something different. They did the same thing with Snuka and Piper. Like, that feud, starting with that Piper's pit, and I saw the first match at the Meadowlands, the first match that they actually had together, and they had the match at the Garden, and then they moved. They they completely got off of it. I think it was because of WrestleMania, and they wanted to quickly get Piper to Hogan. But, man, you talk about a feud that could have had legs, Jimmy Snuka and Piper should have had should have went on a lot longer. And it's funny because when I, I I I was able to interview Piper and I was able to interview Snuka, and I brought that up to both of them, and they they were kind of like, "Hey, it ran its course." I
3: I disagree. That that was a feud that had legs. It's amazing how it meant so much to us, but to them it was just no big deal. Yeah. And and that is not the feud that turned Snooker babyface. If you remember, Snooker if if correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. Snooker turned babyface because Albano would never let him talk. And then Buddy Rogers finally told him it's okay to talk and yeah. it's okay to talk. And he uttered his first words on Piper's Pit right
2: uh it was uh, it was it was actually i think it was buddy rogers corner
3: okay on rogers y- yeah, corner yeah, okay yeah, buddy yeah, rogers you're right corner. you're right you're right you're right but here he a talk for the first time imagine that you keep a guy silent for so long and then he utters one word and you're like wow that shows you how simple wrestling can be and when it's done the right way the littlest of things will mean the most
2: you know like and it's different now because of free agency but back in the day you knew like when your team was a good team and that next year they were going to be a great team you felt the momentum you know when i felt the momentum when it came to jimmy snooker and i knew that they were going to turn him face was the cage match with Bob Backlund at Madison Square Garden. When he scaled that cage and he was on top of that cage and he did the superfly leap and he missed Backlund and Backlund rolled out and then you knew, I knew watching that match that he was going to be a babyface because you actually started to hear the crowd turn. And it was more about, not about Bob Backlund, it was about Jimmy Snuka. The fans wanted to cheer
3: Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Because they respected him for putting his body on the line and what he did. Nobody had seen anybody stand, fans had never seen anybody stand on top of a steel cage before that, correct? I I had never seen it, no. Or at least a WWE style steel cage. So that iconic image of Snuka standing up there before he dives and Backlund moves out of the way it's like it's impossible to boo because you're just so mesmerized by what you're seeing the climb him standing there holding his balance perfectly and and then the 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 beauty of the dive it's almost like it was he dived so gracefully and landed perfectly it's like why do i want to boo this yes. guy i know this is going to be a, a horrible this comparison is so way off but uh axel rotten in ecw Okay, it was impossible for Axel Rotten to ever be a heel in ECW because people loved him so much for the amount of blood he spilled Uh for the company. It was impossible for people to hate Jimmy Snuka after that dive because they respected the fact that he put his life on the line for their entertainment.
2: And obviously there's two things in that. and, And when it comes to comparing it to what's going on right now. First of all, diving off the top rope, even diving off the cage is no big deal anymore. I mean, you know, it's almost like... Pass A. Yeah, like, Bully, back then, forget about the cage. When Jimmy Superfly Snooker would go to the top rope and do the Superfly leap off the top, that was a big deal. Everybody would get to their feet when he started to climb those ropes. And now it happens almost in every match, and it's not a big deal anymore. And then the other thing is... When we're having this discussion and talking about the momentum with Jimmy Superhigh snuck off over the match with Bob Backlund, it's hard to do that nowadays. Why? We're so into the politics and what's going on backstage and everything that happens outside of the ring. Back then, we didn't know about any of that. All we knew is what was presented to us on TV. Think about it. There were no dirt cheats. We had the after mags, and the after mags kept the story going. It wasn't like what we get now where they were telling you what was going on in a real situation
3: backstage. The magazines kept to the storyline that you saw on TV. And that made the wrestling business beautiful. It was magic. And so entertaining. And I just want to get back to the Piper thing for one second. Talking about uh, WrestleMania three. But let's go back to the importance of Roddy Piper when it comes to WrestleMania 1. What does every great babyface need? They need a villain. They need an even better heel. So, is WrestleMania... As big of an event, or is that main event as big of a main event if Roddy Piper is not there to stand across from Hulk Hogan? No, you needed Roddy Piper more than anyone. And Piper said throughout his career, without me, Hogan is not as big as he was. And he's probably right, because Hogan needed a Roddy Piper. Every babyface needs a great heel. Steve Austin needed Vince McMahon. And Hogan at that point needed Rowdy Roddy Piper. And we, again we lost him four so by, years today. By default, I'm just going on record right now to say this. The number one person on your power rankings this week is Roddy Piper. Okay. I'm changing
2: the power rankings, Gabby, just so you know. All right. Number one is gonna be Rowdy Roddy Piper.
3: Got it. Out of respect for him, right? Yeah. Oh wow! You were gonna disagree for a second, but you knew you were gonna get hammered.
2: I can't. I can't disagree on that. How can I say no when you just brought that up? I tell you what. We'll make him our
3: honorary number. How one How about for we the do day.
2: this? We call it the Rowdy Roddy Piper WWE Power Rankings, and we stick to the original five because Gabby's having a, a nervous attack here on the board. <laughs> she's having a panic attack. Yeah, she's having a panic attack because she's <laughs> probably thinking, "Where? How can I find a Rowdy Roddy Piper clip to play this quickly?" You
3: know, that's my best ride. <laughs> all right,
2: <laughs> all right. Um, and also, too, do yourself a favor since we're celebrating the career and the life of Rowdy Roddy Piper, who we lost four years ago today. Go to YouTube and watch some of those uh, Piper's Pit. I mean, don't don't forget about the net. Go to YouTube. Do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and watch some of those Piper's Pit. I mean, unbelievable. You talk about magical moments. Unreal.
3: Unreal. Bully. Real heat yes. on the mic and saying things that woof you could never get away with saying today. And I'll and I'll bring
2: an example. Being that one that was memorable that I was at. Also, I believe Tommy Dreamer was in the arena that night as well. Sal- Salvatore Salvatore Belomo. Yep. Dear God. I mean, <laughs> wow. I'm not saying that it's right. But you want to get heat, the comments that he made to poor Sal Bolomo in the ring that night. legit In Jersey, where probably 75% of that arena was Italian. Legit, I'm talking, forget about the uh, Hogan joining in the NWO. Go back and watch that Piper's Pit and watch the de-
3: debris that's being thrown into the ring. But uh, let, let me, ju- here, let's get back to this, the beauty of Roddy Piper. Any heel that knows what the hell he's doing out there, can get any baby face over. Remember the Roddy Piper, Piper's Pit with Frankie Williams. The 1st That's the first ever Piper's Pit. And Frankie Williams was a Job. jobber. A career jobber. By the end of that segment, what did you want to see Frankie Williams do? You wanted to see him knock out Rowdy Roddy Piper. Did you ever give a damn about Frankie Never. Williams before that? Did you ever care or invest any thought in the emotional well-being or or, or or love or feel anything towards Frankie Williams? Not an ounce. But by the time Piper was done berating him and belittling him, you're, like, you're saying to yourself, come on, Frankie, just stand up and punch him right in his face. Well, Bully... You ask
2: and you shall receive. Let's go back to the first ever Piper's Pit with very special guest, Frankie Williams.
1: Being, being, Being the kind of person that I am, and I like to give everybody a fair break, what I'm doing out of the kindness of my heart, I have a gentleman here named Frank Williams. frank williams first of all i don't know where you come from i'm from columbus ohio from columbus ohio i've wrestled in columbus ohio i've never lost a match in columbus ohio have you ever lost a match yeah you have see it's, it seems odd to me when you're talking about fighting careers and a career like my own, myself, uh, I, I went on the premise of never having to lose a match. I've never lost a match in my whole career. I've had different things happen to me, but I have never actually lost a match because I figured once you were defeated one time, that it would take that oomph away from you that you needed. Yourself, you're just the opposite. I have never seen you win a match in my whole career of watching you, and I've seen you've been around. You've fought some tremendous fighters. I've seen what you've done, but you, you lack the guts. You lack the authority to go in there. You lack the guts, that when you're against the rope. What you do is instead of going after a man, you just back off from him, maybe a little cowardism, maybe what you do, maybe you should be making pizzas. I'm not a coward of nobody, I'm not afraid of nobody, otherwise I won't wait be the right. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, just relax, relax. This is, this is verbal, this is not physical. Pizzas or something like that, maybe, I said, I'm not afraid of nobody. I'm always in that ring, no matter what. And I don't run for nobody. You got no room for nobody. That's a wonderful thing. You got no room for nobody, but you're a lousy wrestler. It's as simple as that. I might be a lousy wrestler, but I'm still in there. I got a lot of nobody Piper hammering away. Oh, no. Piper out over Frank where Puck. Unbelievable. as simple as this. Oh, no. Oh.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Ah, oh, you turned it off at the absolute wrong time. They think they got the answers. I face the question. There you go. The iconic line from Rowdy Roddy Piper. Sorry, it was kind of hard to hear in that, but I didn't
1: want to cut it off. No, 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 no.
2: Go. It's and, and I love the oohs and ahs from Vince McMahon on
3: commentary as well. I wonder who was in Vince's ear feeding him all those lines. <laughs> I want you to give an ooh and an <laughs> so, ah. Vince Senior, uh, say ooh right now. Dad, why are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> he hit him. Say yeah.
2: Yeah. gush gush. Um iconic. I mean, you know, Frankie Williams like you said, you know, excuse the term, jobber enhancement talent. And in that segment, listen, would we be talking about Frankie Williams today
3: if it wasn't for that iconic Piper's pit? Not even a mention. He'd be off the radar. The only time you would hear Frankie Williams' name is if you were playing the wrestling name game and you got FW. Yes. And then you would be screwed because you wouldn't remember Frankie Williams. But that's the beauty of Piper, a heel who knew how to get every single baby face over. And listen, if you don't believe me, just ask Ric Flair. Yep. Because nobody speaks more glowingly about Roddy Piper than Ric Flair. And the other thing, too, what was the big thing in the 80s that really got pro wrestling
2: to the mainstream? The rock and wrestling connection. When did that start? On Piper's Pit with Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou Albano. And that started a trend that got over pro
3: wrestling in a golden era. How about the memorable Piper's pit when when Andre ripped the shirt and the cross off of Hogan? Piper was there for so much. He might not have been directly involved in the match, but he was the catalyst for so many different things.
2: As you probably knew by listening to our show yesterday, the announcement has been made about October 2nd and who Cody Rhodes will face again October 2nd at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Tickets go on sale this Friday. You want to be a part of history Make sure you sell this building out, Busted Open Nation, because you're going to remember this 25, 30, 35 years down the road, about the first time you saw AEW and the first time they were on TNT live on Wednesday nights. And who better, Bully, to talk about it than friend of the show, Cody Rhodes. Cody, how are you today?
0: Oh, who better, right? Do better. <laughs> I'm go- I'm good. How are you guys? We're we're good.
2: And uh, listen, thanks again for that announcement yesterday. Sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. Yeah.
0: Sixty seconds after you signed off. Uh, it it had to be that way. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think we owe you and Bully and everybody there a scoop sometime in the you know future as we go. We will have to give you a scoop so that we're not making announcements after you guys go off the air and things are like that.
3: Cody with um you know with you and Matt and Nick and Kenny you know being the EVPs of the company that you know you're only going to have so many firsts for mm-hmm. AEW wasn't was it more important for you to have the first match on TNT did the other guys want to be a part of it how was
0: that decision made No it wasn't so much about the, the first match I don't think that was like everyone was looking at the show really in its totality and I uh, we were playing around with the ideas as a group you know and, and Tony included of just what that first card looks like and I was really adamant and the the crew was incredibly understanding with the fact that I wanted to do something that's a little bit kind of um unique to people's expectations perhaps I really wanted to do something with a young and hungry and kind of a, a guy who has no ceiling but it but is actually a relatively unknown to the audience that we're going to be in front of and that, that being uh Sammy Guevara so I was more uh pro that than it was necessarily the first the second where where it sits on the card and as you know I mean things could change but I, uh, now that I've said it and now that uh, they got the response it did, um, that being the very first match ever on TNT and TNT that hasn't had wrestling in you know 19 years, that being the first match ever um, is important and has to set the tone. And, you know, when we've done everything that we've done leading into uh, Double or Nothing and All Out and Fight for the Fallen and Fighter and all that, we've made so many promises and one big thing especially Matt, Nick, Kenny, Tony that everyone is really big on there's no there's no false salesman in, in the group everyone is genuine that we have to fulfill promises and one of those promises was was the word fresh and Sammy Guevara is is fresh and I, I, I know both of you have seen Sammy uh, wrestle bell the bell it's really special I think people who were kind of you know just were indifferent to the reaction yesterday. I would hope that 10 years from, you know, ten two in that very first AEW on TNT show, I would hope people would think, wow, that was a really good call. Um, and, you know, you know, bully when, when, when you're part of the, part of the crew that's helping, helping build it, it you want that responsibility. Um, you want to do it um, honestly, but damn right. The, the first match ever, you said it and I kind of acted like I didn't want to be, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, it feels right um, for it to be one of us, and I was happy that it, it got to be me.
3: The reason I asked it is because in knowing you, I thought it would be important for you personally, 20 years down the line, hopefully, to go back and and look at it and say, hey, I was the very first match. So that's why I asked the question, but I just want to get to the Sammy thing. Um, all of the reason you gave f- for choosing a younger wrestler to be in the ring with you were great. So my question is... Why did it come down to Sammy? What about Sammy do you want to feature to the world do you, Is so important to what AEW is going to be about?
0: Well, he's, he's fresh. He's young. He's hungry, like I said. He's got an, an air about him. He's not somebody that you can really pinpoint and say, ah, that's a heel. That's a baby face. It's not necessarily that. You can almost look at him as if he's just a, a rookie draft pick. And that, he's that rookie draft pick that you know is really, really good, that you've seen his stats. Uh, you got his 40 time. He's just a competitor's competitor. So it's twofold. I know on the big stage, and, man, I'm putting pressure on Sammy, perhaps. You know, I, I know – that uh, that he can glow out there, if that makes any sense. I've seen what he does in AAA. I saw what he did at Double or Nothing. I think it's important that we introduce something absolutely brand new to the world. That's why I said we got to be going forwards and not backwards. But the second the second element of that is, I'm 34 years old now, and I feel like I'm entering like wrestling prime. I really do. Um, I want to challenge my own self. There's a style that I've been kind of known for and that i proliferate and i want to continue to push my style and evolve as a as a wrestler as a competitor and it's only people like that that's the most important thing here it's only people like that who are going to bring that out of me i'm sure i'll be able to bring something out of him i already know that but i don't know if he knows that i'm expecting him to bring something out of me i've got to present myself in a whole new light some people have been pretending that they know about what we're doing and, you know, talking about it in their circles. But this will be an opportunity for them really to see it.
2: You know, Cody, a lot of times in pro wrestling, people like to look at the past, and obviously we see with the WWE Returning Legends and a big show they had last week with the Raw reunion. Completely different story when it comes to AEW. You've definitely attracted that 18-35 to 35 crowd, but also, like what you're saying about youth, you're going to have to do that, obviously, with this show because you're very top-heavy in star power, but you're going to have to introduce the rest of that roster to a public that may not know a lot of those names because outside of the hardcore fans, they may not know that name. But at least you have the advantage. I think that the people who be tuning into your show want to see younger, fresher faces.
0: Well, I mean, one one thing that you, you guys have heard the term so much as you guys talk about wrestling but you guys have heard the term casual fan right Mm -hmm. oh how they're going to get the casual fan and the term casual fan i just want to I, i honestly i think i throw up a little in my mouth every time i hear it because it's this it's this vernacular to describe wrestling that is based on the monday night wars when the monday night wars are over they're not a thing, as far as they're not happening here and now in the present. What's happening here now in the present is we can't determine what it is. It's something that only history will be able to tell us. So my focus is always the base that built AEW, and that base, if you've seen it, you get it. And if you have, and if you haven't seen it, it's it's just something that, that you, you have to see and feel. And, and and bully knows what I'm talking about because there's a lot of confidence. Um, that sometimes can get misplaced for you know arrogance on my half or on the elite's behalf, but I've seen the power. I've, I've seen it. And that, that's why I want to focus on them first and foremost. You know, there's people who are plenty critical of what AEW uh, does. And instead of signal boosting that I'd rather, I'd rather a hundred of the fans that we have in that base than that one salty son of a bitch. That's not coming on board. Uh, anyways, if that makes any sense. You guys know that first way to fail is to try and please everybody, but I got to take care of the people who brought us to the dance in the first place. And I think that will be appealing on a global level. I genuinely do.
3: I want to ask you about Sean Spears, and I want to talk about a term used in uh, our business called getting over. For years, Sean Spears hung out at the, Lower card of the WWE, not, not even known, a guy named Ty Dillinger, but in one month AEW was able to get him over. Where well now he's on the tip of AEW fans tongues and wrestling fans tongues. I know the answer to this to this question, but I'd like you to tell our listeners how did you guys get Sean Spears over in the snap of a finger.
0: It took, uh, it took a snap of a finger and it took 10 staples to the back of my head. Um, I think the answer with how somebody like Sean Spears goes from kind of toiling in obscurity uh, or, or, like you said, lower to the, to the middle card, I should know the answer to that better than anybody because I was toiling in the lower to the middle, you know, the middle card is one thing they've done really well. They've moved the Road 2 series that is produced in Atlanta They've moved it to the all elite wrestling channel now you know it's a full all elite wrestling show and I can uh, I've let it, I've let it go there and absolutely love it, it is they've been able to tell people the real stories. Wrestlers are, uh, are an interesting lot and uh, and people love the, people love the reality of, of our industry. That's one thing that we keep saying in aew and the term we keep saying sports centric. And sports-centric means a lot of things, but one thing it it means is covering these day-to-day lives of who these people really are and what they are. It may not be the traditional means that can get a character connected to the audience. Um, I don't know. And it also might just be the magic of somebody like Dolly Blanchard because love him, hate him. I don't really particularly know how I feel about him. When that guy talks, there's, I mean, there's magic. That when that guy moves, there's magic. It's 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 really special for a younger wrestler to even be able to see Tully. I know, Bully. You know what I'm talking about. But it could it could be that could have been the that could have been the one thing Sean Spears needed all along, uh, a true and genuine advisor and manager, and he got somebody very uh, unexpected. And um, you know, Tully's something.
2: You know, Cody, we obviously talk a lot about AEW. We talk a lot about you on this show, uh, the the match you had with your brother Dustin at Double or Nothing. I I said top 10, one of the best matches I've ever seen. Uh, And I told you that personally after the match in in Las Vegas. What you've been able to do, you know, you, you left the big corporate monster and you've been able to do it on your own. And now we talk about sellout after sellout. I know what it's like somewhat on a much smaller scale building up this show, but I still have that corporate monster above my head. I can only go so far. How have you been able to do that? And is there a balance because you do have other people that you have to answer to?
0: Yeah, but we could look at it as if we were answering to them or we could look at it if we were working together with them. Mm-hmm. I learned right away how good of a partner Warner Media in turner was going to be when i was tying matt jackson's tie in the back of a of a car service taking us to the upfronts to the carpet where we were going to announce our show and they tweeted that fire graphic and wrote wrestling is returning to tnt and since then we couldn't have asked for more finger on the pulse partners I'll, i'll give you kind of some inside baseball here there is no one in the Warner Media Group, no one in the Turner Group who was there during the WCW time. That to us is a massive blessing. It, it's there's no pre-existing grudge or pre-existing thought on what wrestling is going to be. Uh, Kevin Riley, who is the president of the network, uh, his relationship with Tony Khan helped propel us to, to the the platform and the spot. And Kevin has been an absolute if you were looking at it by you know standards that you would compare, he has been the Turner, the Ted Turner. Uh, you know how Ted was the WCW; he's been that to AEW. And one of the best parts about that is he's listened, he's 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 looked us all in the eyes and talked to us about what's important to us, what we're passionate about, you know, what what makes us different than any other wrestling that's on TV out there. And he likes the mission. The mission, the mission, sometimes is more more popular than any wrestler on our card. And Bully knows all about the mission uh the, the the vision of what this is and the fact that there can be something else on television. There can be this alternative. Um yeah so I think of it more as working with them uh than answering to them and they've been wonderful uh in this build to the very first T V.
3: So in just over two months you debut on T N T and obviously you have all out in between the uh the events that you guys have put on so far have been really really great you obviously have captured the hearts the minds the passion of fans in your opinion what is the number one thing aew needs to improve on immediately before you go on tv
0: That's a good question.
3: You've been doing so many things right, but there has to be something that you know you have to improve on before you put this show on TV every week. And I don't know if you're comfortable answering it. I'm just uh, – when you see so many things go right, and, and like, I can see it from far away. You guys have – the sky is the limit, but you know in your back of your mind, aha – Maybe this one division or maybe this one way we Mm. present our product. Here's where I feel we need to tighten the screws just a little bit.
0: So what I would say is I would put all the pressure right back on the elite, on me, Matt, Nick, and Kenny. And this is what I think we can do better. Is we always had the idea that if we hired you, if we presented you in a spotlight, that we weren't going to micromanage you. Because no one wants to be micromanaged. And we've seen what that does in wrestling. We want you to do what we know you can do. But all that said, I think it's important that myself, Nick, Matt, Kenny, all all come and try our best to get with every talent that's on that very first show and get with every talent that's on every show and talk with them. And I know that sounds vague, but if I think of any of these great bookers in history, you know, guys like Bill Watts, for example, you know, I have a conversation, a standing conversation with Jim Ross every week. Sometimes we talk about wrestling. Sometimes we talk about tons of other stuff, but we're still talking about wrestling. If that makes any sense. I think it's good to give the guidance of what we know and, and help give them a push in, in a certain way, not a full, outline not a full not a full script let them just give them that push so i think it all falls back on me matt nick and kenny and that being a little bit more specific matt and nick and how they deal with building the best tag team division in wrestling kenny omega with presenting one of the best women's division ever and he's been working with brandy on it and he's also brought over so many of the joshi talent and been able to to bring them in front of a united states audience who's already in love with them and then myself in this singles division and with a lot of the what, what we would refer to as tier one guys, guys like Sammy Guevara, who are unknown. It's my job to, to give a little bit of the wisdom that was given to me. I had people around me like Dean Malenko and uh, Arn Anderson and freaking Dusty Rhodes already, and I had all these people. So now we have that opportunity to, to help give them a little bit of the same thing that was given to me. I mean, it's wrestling. The answer is simple. The one thing we can do better is give back like it was given to us.
2: Cody, I know you got to run because shocker, you have another announcement to make at noon. Just sixty seconds after we sign off today's show. Interesting. Sorry. No, it's uh, it's all right. I, I I understand. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but Cody, honest to God, thank you so much for the time. We got to get you on when you have more time. And I do want to leave you with just one thing before we say goodbye. And I'm telling you this. And you're going to look at Bully Ray completely different after I tell you this. The man has never seen
3: the movie Big.
0: Oh, well, me and Bully Ray are in the same company. I've never seen the movie Big. Wow. I, now, I, I, love, it. I love it. I love it.
1: Unbelievable. unbelievable. Buried.
0: Buried. I love it. Unbelievable. I want to make sure you know, LaGreca, they got that, I think, starting this month. Amtrak is running the deal where you can go directly from New York to D.C. So I am inviting both of you, the whole Busted Open team, to join us in D.C. It's a full destination, not unlike anything we've done before. So please, I'm extending the invite to everyone there in the office, everyone in your control room, everyone there with the headsets on. We'd love to see you.
2: You know what, Cody? I promise you Busted Open will be there on October 2nd at a Capital One Arena. Beautiful. I appreciate the time, Cody. Thank you so much for everything. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters.